What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. It's late on a Monday. No Monday Night Football tonight, but that doesn't mean we're not doing this podcast. It's Evan Swords somewhere in the Alps. I think not the Alps. The Rocky Mountains. The the Smoky Mountains. Maybe maybe he's down the street from me. I don't know where. Uh, the White Claw legend is uh, out there snowboarding, hitting the slopes, as uh, the kids say. Evan, how are you? I I am good. I am sore, but I am good. And I'm, I think the Rocky Mountains. I guess that's what you would call Salt Lake City. I'm is not the sure. Salt Lake City? Are those Rocky? I, the, people are going to get mad. Rocky Mountain Twitter is going to be furious with us. But is I that think, a thing? No, I think it is. I think it is though, because I think it's really close to Colorado. Okay. So I think, you know what I'm saying, maybe they share the Rocky Mountains, but maybe Colorado gets a little bit more of the shine. Interesting. I have no idea. Have you been to Jazz Mountain yet? I got here last night. Well, I assume because they're called the Utah Jazz that there is some sort of mountain line called the called the Jazz Mountain line. They're called the U- they're called the Jazz because uh they came originally from a city that was big on jazz. Oh, I know. I know. But here's what uh, dumb young Chase thought um, for years and years. Um, when I saw it, because their old 90s uniforms, were, it just said jazz, and there was a mountain line behind it. Right. So I grew up thinking that there was just a mountain line called the Jazz Mountain Line, like the Rocky Mountains. Like, the jazz was this mountain line in Utah. And it it's embarrassing how long it took for me to realize that uh, that was that was not a thing and no such mountain mountain range exists. Did you ever see uh, the movie from the South Park creators Basketball? I have, but it's been a long time. There was a moment when he was talking. To, they were like talking about how basketball came to be in this movie, and they were like, you know, with sports and the constant need for teams to move and players to request trades. He's like teams moved all over the country he's like the minnesota lakers moved to california where there's no lakes and the the whatever jazz moved to salt lake where they don't allow music (laughs) and that line was how i always like knew that interesting i well i didn't see baseball until i was later in in life that was like a high school thing i watched uh wasted with my friends i'm pretty sure yeah it's a it's a good movie um the white claw weekend wrap up Mr. Swords, what did uh, what were you able to watch? I know you were on the move. What were you were you able to watch your Niners this weekend at the very least? Yeah, so I was I was able to watch kind of everything, just the way it all worked out. I was, um, I was able to kind of my flight left at like four fifteen, so I was able to fl- watch all the early games, um, and then I was able to watch the 49ers and like. And right as it was the time to leave for the airport, it was like right when the 49ers started to do their, oh, they're going to lose thing. So I got to catch most of that through Twitter and all the anger and somewhat surprise that happened. But we can talk about that. 
we can talk about that. Yeah, I got to watch a lot of stuff, and I rewatched some stuff this morning. Um, there wasn't like this was a pretty limited weekend, just because so many teams had clinched, and uh, some of the teams that hadn't clinched was just some really ugly football. And I like wanted to limit how much Mason Rudolph and the AAF guy for the Rams were in my life this weekend, so I wanted to to limit that. So. Um, not as there was still a lot of good storylines there was a lot of really there was good storylines and there was there was a lot of a a few teams in which it's like bitch you have to go win Mm -hmm. and they didn't (laughs) shout out to the Arizona Cardinals um don't forget folks you can listen on Apple Spotify Stitcher go to Chase Thomas Podcast today check out the site all the writing I do and get access to all the episodes go to patreon.com slash chase thomas writer if you want to support the show that way uh i don't yes i i don't think we talk enough about the interesting and fun articles that you write Mm. i mean you wrote you wrote an article about boy meets world and i think you've done a lot of like children's like kind of like early years uh tv shows and Mm. i don't think we talk enough about that because it's something that people don't do and i think it's something that we can all really appreciate I fucked with Boy Meets World heavy as a kid, so mm. I love reading those articles that you wrote. Thanks, man. Obvi- and I try to extrapolate it into my own upbringing and my own family stuff because I think that's really what the show is about. And I'm not—I uh, don't know. I, I took a month off um, from everything. Um, I wrote a newsletter, so you can check all of that out at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com, where I kind of talked about like the burnout um, from finals and juggling grad school and a uh, full-time job in the podcast five to six days a week that I was like, I was, I was just and burnt in out, a man. pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic, like I was just burnt <laughs> out and I had to, uh, I had to take something out temporarily and I took out writing cause the podcast is just too important. And there's some cool announcements down the, down the pike here that I'm, uh, that I'm going to announce, but um, yeah, I don't like not writing for days at a time. So maybe I will pick back up soon. Um, it's not a long-term uh, departure, but it is something where like I was fried, dude. Like I was, I, it was just like I was doing seven pods and like eight articles and grad school like a week, and I was just like I can't I can't do it all now with um, a very very oh, nice don't worry. lady friend. Like I, it's just it's too much. You're gonna you're gonna look back on this twenty years later, and you're gonna say, "How the fuck did I ever have time for this?" Yeah, like yeah. I can't stress it to you enough. I am. You and I are very similar ages right now, although mm-hmm. you're still in school and finishing that, and I'm kind of in my career. And I, only a couple of years older than you, am like, how the fuck does he have time for this? So I will say I'm proud of you for understanding when to take some time off. Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, what is up with the account, Mr. Swords? Like, what what are we waiting on here? When is Evan Soward's... I had to say it that way because of the Twitter handle. Yeah. But because um, people are not going to find your Twitter handle if I say Evan Swords, I feel like they're going to say it. They're going to type it in wrong. But um, well, what's well up no with matter that? what, no matter what, they're not going to find it right now at all. So you know, I you know, I don't know. I, I do think we're in a world in which Twitter doesn't fucking care if someone loses their Twitter account. You know, we're dealing with a you know a social media platform that has millions and millions and millions and millions of real followers and then millions and millions and millions of bots whether it's Russia or whatever it is, you know, like obviously that's an issue. So I think this is an issue that Twitter clearly has a big problem with that said, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that my Twitter account, you know, I love Twitter. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that social media platform 
Twitter has given me so many amazing things, just people I've met, opportunities, uh, you know, things I've been able to go do. All of it really happened because of Twitter. Um, so, you know, I say that with, I say this all with a little bit of, you know, haste and passion, but like the fact that they can like take a guy who really doesn't, you know, say anything bad, really genuinely, I, I like to think that I, I try to be a good guy. And he and they suspend his account because some group of people, you know, I, I no need to get political, but you know, probably a, a group of people decided to probably, you know, find people who tweeted a certain way and mass report their tweets, right? So then my my Twitter account gets suspended for jokingly saying to a friend, "I'll cut you," which I've done hundreds of times over the years because that's a pretty common joke to make. Um, you know, to suspend their account, that's one thing. But then to go two months with you appealing over 20 times and never even responding. It's like, I get it. It's a big, They're too it's big, a big now. Sip. They don't give a fuck about the little guy anymore. I get it. But even if you don't give a fuck about the little guy, like what system do you have in place in which someone can file an appeal, which is an option that your website allows – over 20 times in two months and you haven't responded to it i don't know in the grand scheme they probably don't give a shit but you know i thought it was interesting hashtag i love free Twitter. evan sowards ha- yeah hashtag free evan for sure for sure well it's free evan i don't think people will know who we're talking about it could be um i don't even know evan weinberger from my high school days that's who they could mis- misconstrue there um who knows? Uh, well, anyway, give him his account. Jack Dorsey, longtime listener to the pod. Give him his Twitter account back. I want to, because um, we don't have a pick him this week because we missed last week. Um, I don't even remember why we missed last week at this point. But, um, oh, it was late. I think you got in super late. You were, I think there was a, something happened yeah, man. super late. And this is the whole time zone thing, my friend. It, it's tough juggling time zones. And, uh well, yeah. I'm getting closer to you, though. You are. You're you're slowly moving closer. You're you're slowly but surely. You're getting closer. Um, I want to pose this question to you because I was thinking about like we have the full ride. I'm branding different shows. Moving into the New Yorks, we have sports reporters assemble on Fridays. What do you want to call in 2021 our NFL podcast that we do? Um, I have two two options that I really like, and I want to run them by, and you can make the ultimate call because they both have your name in them. Live on air. Live on air. Cool. Let's run it. What do you want to go with? Here are your two choices, Mister Swords. Unswordsmanlike conduct. <laughs> or, or. Liquid swords. So I like liquid swords. I saw that <laughs> earlier. But the thing is, I don't think that a lot of listeners are gonna gonna get the uh, the Wu Tang reference. Shout out to ODB. Shout out to Dirk McGurk. Um, so I don't necessarily know. But uh, see, I already know where your heart is. You 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 chuckled at the first one, but uh, Liquid Swords really popped for you. No, but so you have to understand. Like I grew up with friends who were like you know really fucked with. Uh, Wu-Tang as a whole um, so I laugh because I like that makes you know like I, there's a lot of Wu-Tang growing up in my life that said I like unsourcemen like conduct 
I like that one better. Do you? I do. Okay. Unsportsmanlike conduct it, it is. Only because it kind of forces you to finally like really pronounce my name correctly, <laughs> no matter what. Because it's not going to be unsourdsmanlike conduct. No, you know it doesn't like, work if I don't pronounce your name correctly. Which you'll still find a way. We, <laughs> you know, we can accept that. But this is a this is a manner of in which we will kind of force our hand. Yeah, that is true. I, I like that. It's I, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm going to peel back the curtain here on uh, my living situation, Evan. But um, I am not like I'm a very like I've described in my personal life for people who know me and see how I am. Like I'm very all I'm very scatterbrained when like I'm focused. I'm focused on my podcast. I'm focused on reading like I'm focused like I have all these different things that keep me um, zoned in on one particular thing. I can't multitask. I also am easily distracted. So I think they call this ADHD, but I, uh, I don't do well with that. So like, I'll forget, like I'll start pouring something and get distracted. Cause I think about writing about point meets world episode, whatever. And I go and take a note and then I move on to the next thing. Like I, I just, I'm scatterbrained. I'm easily distracted and I completely forget what I was doing like seven minutes prior. Um, you're literally talking to the king of ADHD. So, yeah, so you get what I'm saying here. 100%. My uh, my roommate, he had to leave post-it notes on stuff for me because I he knew, and I told him, I was like, the only way for me to learn these little things that you uh, want me to be mindful of, I'm not going to notice them. And like, it's not intentional, but you got to, you got to throw me a bone here because the ADHD is strong with this one. So you got to, you got to make some notes. So he made some notes about <laughs> certain things like taking out the dryer lint. Because I will, like, I'm doing laundry and then I'll just think about something and I'll just take it out and I'm just, it's not on my radar anymore. Like, I'll, plates, whatever. Like, I, I'm easily, easily distracted and it's, it's, it's a problem. Oh, dude, it's, it's called the rule of five, for me, at least. Like, when I, ha- like, start a new job or, like, went to school or, you know, have friends that, like, I just, you know, I'm like, whatever you need me to do, I will do it and I'll be great at it. <laughs> but I need, like five solid times of repetition because you can tell me how to do it and i will promise you that the next time i'll forget i will Mm. not i will have not processed that information and i will have not been able to remember what you need me to do and then the next time i'll be like yo hey uh yo super down to help you or to do what that i'm supposed to do really want to be a part of this situation can you tell me what you need me to do and how you need me to do it one more time and they're like oh yeah bet i got you and i'm like thanks man cool got it and the next time i'm like hey awesome remember how helpful you you were remember how great you were as a person really like really bringing us together as a team to like help me help you cool great got it a little bit still need a reminder one more time how do you need me to do this and i'll do that uh like probably three to five times once I, but once I get it, I get it and it's there forever. But anything you need me to do that requires any type of like responsibility or like seriousness, you need about five times. I have a very personal question to ask you. Yeah. Did you pause it or did you make uh, this case when you were, when you lost your virginity for the first time? <laughs> no, no. Back. Look, you got to give me lost- five times. I got, you got to give lost- me five. Three to five at the very least. Virginity. I did it at a very early age. So mm. I don't think I was quite in tune with myself as a human being as as I am now. 
So you were but not then again, doing the roll of five uh, early in your section. No, no, okay. no, no, no. In fact, back then I probably was like the idea of five times in a row was exhausting. I doubt I would have. I would have been like, we'll need a couple days. Well, now we're in our thirties, so it's it's back to being exhausting. Right. Well, everything's exhausting. So exactly. 30, so that, everything hurts. And everything's it. exhausting at our age, Mr. Swords. Yeah. We're getting old. Um, our time, our team segment our next segment i love coming up with segment ideas um the falcons and niners um the falcon season is over they're four and twelve uh i need to ask your your opinion because eric benmi's interviewing um your guy your current dc robert solly interviewing with the falcons they've hired back-to-back twins of coordinators it's their thing mike smith dan quinn they love it arthur blank loves it um should I be concerned about him coming to Atlanta? And, you know, would it be the wor- would it still be the worst thing hiring Sally if and is it Sally? Sala? What is it? I don't even know how to pronounce it. So I am I am terrible when it comes to names, but I'm pretty sure after years of fucking it up, it is Robert Sala. Okay. Sala. Saul uh. Okay. Could it be so that here, he's a package me, deal? Because we're going to pull like I'm. I'm more. He open is a package deal with Mayhew or a 49ers personnel guy. So let me tell you all about what is going to happen, mm-hmm. and let me tell. And I'll tell you a little. And bit let me about be clear. I am not talking about the Bucks Falcons game on Sunday. I will not be talking about it. Not taking questions at this time. It didn't happen. Moving on. Not ha- No season's over. Not talking about it. Talking about off the field stuff. Moving to 2021. So. The Falcons game, it is what it is. The season's over. We're glad it is. They did kind of what we expected them to do. Whatever. Wait, for the season or for that particular game? All of the above. Okay. Really That's the not necessary, Mr. Swords. <laughs> That's not necessary. Like I said, uh, I-, I was telling a buddy today, we are the best 4-12 and team in NFL history. It's the little things. Right. Hey, you know what? Just be glad that you're 4-12 and because I would love for my 49ers to have been 4-12. and uh, but let me just tell you where I'm at with Robert Sala. So when when it started, right, he came in as a linebackers coach. He came in as a young guy that Kyle was going to kind of give him an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator in a situation that was maybe a little bit above his pay grade. But the problem was is that there weren't a lot of great options. Kyle was not exactly, you know, a solidified head coach opportunity. He was young himself coming in as an offensive coordinator. So a lot of things that they did in those situations was really like, you know, they were kind of bargain bin shopping. No one was looking at Robert Sala as a defensive coordinator. That was something that he kind of, you know, he wanted that Gus Bradley, right. That, that kind of, uh, that Atlanta Falcons, Seattle Seahawks defense that you are so familiar with, right? It's kind of looking for someone there. So when they grabbed him, my first reaction was like, okay, whatever. You know, our defense is trash. Regardless, we have nobody there. We'll see. And I'm not going to bore you with details, but let me just say that throughout the years, as he has now become basically the most popular head coaching candidate, I think, in the NFL, it took me a long time to realize that he was there because so much of my mentality was, well, the defense was terrible and then they got Nick Bosa. And when they got Nick Bosa, all of a sudden they started playing well. 
so I had to like retrain myself to allow myself to understand that Robert Sala really grew as a head coach. And I think this season is what really solidified it. This season, he loses Nick Bosa. D Ford, you can say he lost, but he never really had him. D Ford is like, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say. But, you know, Robert Sala brings in Kerry Hyder, a free agent. He brings in, uh, you know, Jason Verrett comes in in his second year. It's the first time he's really healthy. And he really puts together a, an incredible defensive season. Would you agree? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, he did things that no one should have expected from him to do. And I, and I got to say, like, all of my appreciation for Robert Sala happened more this year than all years combined. So now you're very low of, on him coming into the season. A hundred percent. But because you got to understand, this was a guy who's had terrible defenses ever since he got here. And then all of a sudden we get the number two overall pick. We get Nick Bosa, one of the greatest fucking defensive players to come out of the draft in the last 15 years. He gets paired up with D Ford who gets to play a couple games. They have Eric Armstead. They have DeForest Buckner. They have Richard Sherman. Right. And all of a sudden the defense starts playing really well. So, I mean, as a fan, cause I'm not an analyst, you know, I love talking about football. I love watching football, but obviously like I'm not Mr. Grind the tape, but that's not my shit. I love the game. I love being a fan. I am a fan. And as a fan, I'm like, well, okay, put two and two together. The guy's played like shit with a, with a bad roster. He's got a good roster. All of a sudden he's a good head coach or he's a good defensive coordinator. Come on. So that's kind of how my mentality was at the beginning of the season. I was on your podcast saying as much, was I not? You were. Aggressively. Almost like combat, almost like a little too aggressively. It was pretty aggressive. I, I was really about my fuck. As aggressive as his, his jawline, I would say. Yeah, and his fucking eyes. He has like beautiful piercing eyes. He looks like an Egyptian <laughs> Strong god. Jason Taylor. Uh, what's the guy named? Really? Uh, um... Uh, Jason, well, not Jason Morgan. What is his name? Morgan from Criminal Minds. Um, that's who he looks like. You gotta, to you gotta stop using Criminal Minds as a reference. We've already approached this situation. I don't watch that show. <laughs> I don't know anything about Criminal Minds. You keep referencing it. I don't. I think you know I the guy, Der- Derek Morgan. That's his name. But his real life, it's Shermer, Shermer Moore, Shermer, Shermer. Is this the guy with pretty eyes? Uh, is this the guy? I don't know. Either way. But yes, Robert Sala is a very like eye-piercing individual. Yes. <laughs> what a tangent we went on. So we should. Uh, Arthur Blank, you conducted the virtual interview with him today. I wonder because it's virtual. Did he get lost in Robert Sala's eyes? Can we be sure that uh, he didn't win the Zoom call just by uh, locking eyes with uh, Atlanta? He had Zone? to have. He had to have, right? That's not fair. It's not fair. Um, also we are not talking enough about just how much virtual interviews are going to affect these coaching cycles. Like that is just going to be so weird. People are going to be getting jobs without meeting these owners and GMs for like in person. Like that's just going to be really weird. And also you have to understand that the, the NFL as a whole is a very guys guys situation. There's a lot of bro magic going on, right? Like, let me shake your hand. Let me look you in the eyes. Let me man-to-man stature you up, right? Yeah. Like, I think I think that's the only reason Jim Tomsula ever got a job in the NFL. 
Because he looked at Jed York and he farted in his face <laughs> and he just said, this is how things are going to be now. <laughs> and he was just like, well, well, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like Jim Tomsula. I love Jim Tomsula. That guy's not getting a head coaching position in a Zoom interview, right? He's got to like come in with his musty Italian cologne and his shirt unbuttoned and the gold chain, and he's got to like gorilla grip shake your hand. That Robert Sala is not going to be able to do that. Yikes! Do you think? Do you think they use virtual backgrounds, or do you think they use their own background? I bet you there are some dorks who do virtual. Um, I I I hate that. I'm not gonna lie. Shot. I'm sorry to the folks that listen who do a virtual background, but I I just I I hate it. I I can't. Do I don't know. It. I don't know who you're talking to. You could talk to me. I'm here right now. Right. I use a virtual background. Oh no! My, what my. My virtual background is You're the, such a dork. What are you putting in the background? It, the Earthscape oh. of a Halo ring. Oh. The, the franchise Halo oh my video God. game. Oh, my God. Why? Why? It's very Evan? worldly. It's very worldly. Who, who do you think needs to see that? Who needs that background? Well, I do. <laughs> Because everything I, in my life I do for myself. Oh my god! Um, I do love the Falcons clinch the uh, the fourth pick in the draft. Um, they'll probably have their pick at uh, like everything's gonna be so weird now. With the number three pick because Tua just was so bad down the stretch there and cost the Dolphins really a playoff spot, getting blown up by the Bills, and we'll get to that. But there's a real chance that the first three picks are quarterbacks, and that's- well, so can can. Can I tell you a little bit? Because I need to know your opinion mm-hmm. as a Falcons fan or a Falcons connoisseur. I don't know what I'm going to call you at this okay. point because of me. I'll they're making it hard on you. Um, as a 49ers fan who desperately, like, you know, the, the fan base wants a QB. And they're picking number 12. People want them to trade up. The mock drafts are already happening. A lot of the 49ers fan base and people that I respect a lot, really believe that when push comes to shove, when the draft starts, number four pick is announced, that the Falcons aren't going to pick a quarterback because of Matt Ryan and his contract. What are your thoughts? Well, they can't move him anyway, but they can move him after next year. So you could do the Aaron Rodgers thing here, I think, where it's just like we can draft the the future and have him. Talking about Jordan Love. Yes. Right. Like that is that is a possibility. Like you can do that. Um, the Eagles are in a way more difficult bind here. Um, the Falcons are not going to trade Matt Ryan this offseason. So it would be under the assumption that the person they took it for would be next in line. But it's gonna take them a couple years to clean up their cap sheet anyway. And you have questions surrounding Julio's future and Jake Matthews' future and if Calvin wants to be the number one guy and um, like there's all kinds of things that they're gonna have to think about here. But um, I think in my heart of hearts, because they cleaned house this offseason and because the Falcons had a healthy Matt Ryan all year, and I'm not saying this was his fault because having watched every game, I can tell you it was not Matt Ryan's fault. He, them going four and 12 is not on him, but a little bit is on him because the elite quarterbacks still find ways. And I think Julio, if he plays every game, like they lost in excruciating fashion. We don't need to regurgitate all that because I want to have a good ending to my Monday night. But I do think 
the writing is in the wall that uh, the Falcons need to transition into the next thing. Um, you can you still do that. More, though. Huh? You, you're giving you're giving me a lot of logic, and you're giving me a lot of like, you know, positive thinking. I want to know two things: what would you do at pick number four, or with pick number four, not at that pick, and what do you think the team will do? I mean, I would keep it and then take either Wilson or Fields, depending on who's there. Um, I'm not trading up. I'm not trading back. I'm taking who's ever there. Um, and I think the team is going to do the same thing. I really do think Arthur Blank wants to usher in a new era of Falcons football. And I think the bottom really fell out here. And going 4-12 and 12 is just, you got to transition in the new, uh, just, I, I think having a new GM and a new coach, they're going to want their own guy. They're not going to want to sign on for Matt Ryan long-term. Um, and Matt Ryan, they might do – I think they're really going to do him a solid, kind of like what the Lions will do with Stafford and be like, where do you want to go? And they'll they'll push him in the right direction. But uh, it won't be this year. It'll probably be next year. And it'll be good for the next quarterback. And I think Matt Ryan's like just the all-time professional where I don't think he would have a negative – feeling towards the team taking a quarterback at four i think he would understand and understand that like hey we were really bad this year four and 12 um i'm not getting any younger i'm getting i'm starting to get banged up a little bit we need to y'all need to rebuild and reload so i i think that's ultimately what will happen that's interesting i think it's one of those where it's like oh well we're gonna go gregory Rousseau, an edge rusher and it's like no that's not (laughs) No, there. I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Maybe if they go Asala, he's like, no, I I know how to draft and develop edge rushers, so that's what I'm going to do. I just, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to fall in love with one of the quarterbacks and uh, go with him. We see it all the time. Teams are always like, we're going to do the smart thing. We're going to not get tantalized by this quarterback and what he could be for our team for the next ten to fifteen years, and then they trade it for Mitch Trubisky. So I don't think that will be the thing it's just going to be months of like the falcons really like panay sewell and think that him and jake matthews can protect matt ryan and keep his career going for five more years um i don't know i don't think that's what's ultimately going to happen so that that's what i expect yeah no that makes sense the last thing on the falcons happen last thing on the falcons this season really struck a chord with me and just how much i don't like watching them without julio jones the difference between Julio Jones being on a football field for the Falcons and not is unbelievable. I don't know if you feel like that. In it, like, I don't know who the closest modern comp for you would be with the Niners, but like, these games without Julio are just painful. And Calvin Ridley's a, a number one on most teams, but like, Julio, the amount of oxygen and just the way this team moves the ball and just what they are offensively with Julio and without Julio, it's just the on-off numbers. It's so excruciating. I hate julio jones not being in my life every sunday i feel like i'm being robbed of something and it's just he is he is the engine that keeps this thing moving and i think he's actually more valuable than matt ryan like i think that's what the season kind of told me too is that like if julio plays in every game and he's healthy for a full season does it end up the same result and i don't think so um ryan was healthy the whole year and this was the result julio i feel like just he was already a first bout hall of famer but this is one of those years where it's like man when he's not Oh, when he's not there, Calvin Ridley has to work harder. Like everybody in this roster has to work a lot harder to make this engine work. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, what Julio Jones has done has been nothing short of incredible. He is one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. 
but I'm like, I'm, I just feel bad for the end of his career. And I don't even think we're at the end of his career yet, but it's like, he has the year that he has with Shanahan. And then he's just kind of like, you know, had a great season, but didn't score as much touchdowns as he should have. And then this year he's been injured a little bit. And it's just like, I like Julio Jones to me. And I don't think this ever happens in the NFL anymore. I think all we ever have is pain, but like, Julio Jones deserves to have a good twilight career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? I mean, you're a fan. So, I mean, obviously you agree. Like, like I would fight people that don't love Frank Gore. I would fight them until they're deaf. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I hate the way that Julio Jones's year went. I hate that he's on a four and 12, you know, a four and 14, four and 12, excuse me, uh, NFL team. I hate that he's, you know, having to deal with all this bullshit. I want him to like be successful. I want him to have like a good final couple of years. Yeah. I, that's why I'm more open to trading him than I've been in the past. Just because I kind of want to just see him do it. Just want him. So I just kind of want to do him a solid and let him go. Just be like the Randy Moss type thing in New England or something. There let is, me, let me think about me. this though. You could have him end up like Frank Gore going to the bills and can you please you know, the, i need you to do me a favor i need you to stop comparing frank fucking gore to julio jones on this podcast i i think i, I can't handle it anymore that's a, we can't keep doing this can't do it evan you're right you're right because frank gore is the third all-time rushing oh my god leader oh my in the god NFL. one of the most consistent one of the most dumb, you know, just just one of the greatest running backs of all time. No, he's not. Oh, he is. He's oh, not he even is. in the conversation. He's just the oh, healthiest. Do you understand the teams in which Frank Gore played on when he was getting his 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 yards that you just didn't think were good enough? <laughs> like, Frank Gore has played on some of the shittiest fucking teams in the nfl so how oh dare god. you all right oh my god how dare you how, how dare, dare you, you? Julio dare you? jones frank, frank gore in frank, the same breath frank gore has had some of the worst offensive lines and still did what he did coming off two acl surgeries julio jones has had matt fucking ryan's above par ass throwing <sighs> the ball to him his whole career why don't you look at AJ Green who had to get passes from Andy Dalton? I don't want to hear it. Julio's great. He's great, but don't disrespect Frank Gore. Okay. This is nonsense. And I will cut this on, entire portion from this podcast. Andre Johnson at least had to like I feel like you're gonna like be like difficulty. When COVID's like, over, you're gonna be if Frank Gore finds his way, if he, he sneaks his way into the Hall of Fame, you're gonna be like trying to buy tickets to go to can to see his Hall of Fame. Speech. Frank Gore's the first ballot Hall, Hall of Fame. No, the, what are you? Period. I'm period. Gonna, and I will bet you I'm gonna money. Have a stroke. I will bet you money. I know. I know that education's not big in Tennessee. Oh, I understand that. Okay. Uh -huh. I know they're not exactly ranking high. Uh -huh. but I will bet you ranking high in COVID cases money, though. It's a little many amount. I mean, I lived in LA. So I can't say much there, but I will bet you any amount of money that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's he's not. 
Um, and you will have to... How about this? If he's not a first ballot, you have to chug three White Claws back to back to back. I'll put him in a fucking beer bong. And okay, there you go. Yeah, beer bong. Plus a shot of tequila. Plus a shot, but it has to be bad tequila. It needs to be um, the shittiest of the shitty. No reposado. You get... Um, Trying what is some really shitty tequila that we it, like? Like, how removed are you from like actual football that you don't think Frank Gore is a first ballot Hall of Famer? I mean, he's just not Frank, good. Frank Gore is your Frank Gore is your favorite running back's favorite running back. Yeah, because he's healthy. They're all like, "How is this dude still playing football?" Todd Gurley plays like he's ninety three and he's twenty six. No, nobody cares about Frank Gore because he's healthy. They care about Frank Gore because of his dedication to the game. Oh my because God. of how much he loves it. Because of how much he takes it seriously. Be- because no matter what, even though he's on a team that has two wins, he still grinds every single... I mean, literally was on the worst team in the NFL this year. And end of the season. Giving it everything he had. I, I I just can't believe this is happening. First ballot Hall of Famer Frank Gore. You're out. I get. I mean, I get. You're it. Out of your you don't know mind. what a. I mean, you're a Falcons fan. You don't know what a good running back is. The best running back you've had oh, in a hold. while is Michael Turner. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's stop it right there. Jamal Anderson. Work done. The jersey that I have in my closet that I wear on game day. Work done. Shout out to the legend. Um, Michael Turner was very good. Um. Let's see who else are we forgetting? Uh, the greatness that was Tevin Coleman for that uh, couple game stretch. Who could who could don't forget? do that? Don't do that. <laughs> who could forget? Um, T.J. Dockett, like who who didn't love him? He was he was great back in the day. Big T.J. Duckett guy over here. Um, your Niners, what happened? What what do you have to say as the 49ers close the book on an injury riddled what if season where you posted a photo of John Lynch at a Zoom? press conference where he looked completely disheveled and uh ready to move the fuck on from 2020 i just i have a lot of thoughts i have a lot of thoughts i don't really know where i'm at with these thoughts but i have a lot of them um you know as a 49ers fan for anyone that's not in the know uh, a lot of the things that are going on right now is whether or not jimmy garoppolo will be the quarterback in the the 2021 season uh, my personal opinion, I'm going to give it two things. Once again, what I asked you, right? What do I think will happen in, far, in terms of what the team will do and what would I do? What I think will happen, what I think will happen, I think the team is going to go, what quarterbacks do we have available? Maybe Matt Stafford in a trade, right? Maybe Sam Darnold in a trade. Carson Wentz, maybe. I don't think you're getting any of them. I don't either. And because of that, what I think will happen is they keep Jimmy Garoppolo and they look at drafting a quarterback that's available. They try and trade up. I think they trade back and they take Trask or Mac Jones. I think Kyle Shanahan's going to fall in love with those two. I think he's going to be like, which one of these are going to be? They're not going to take Trask. In the second or third round, you don't think they would take a flyer on Trask? You think they're going to take another Jimmy Garoppolo? I do. I think that's his bread and butter. I don't know why people just talk themselves out of this. That's what he wants. He wants the... No, it's not. Yes. If it's what he wanted, he wouldn't be so outwardly trying to get rid of him. Well, he's trying to find the next one. He's trying to find the next Mm. Kirk Cousins. No. Although Kirk Cousins has actually played well this this year. Well, he's losing another offensive coordinator, so we'll, we'll see. 
So once again, the 49ers have another season where injuries make us as fans go, well, you know, I guess Kyle did really good considering the circumstances. <laughs> you know, wasn't really what we expected, but six wins isn't bad considering all the injuries. You know, like, I feel like I'm getting so good at that. I feel like I'm getting so good at having hmm. a team do so bad and then go, well, I mean, like, honestly, like, considering the circumstances, it's really not that bad. Like, you know, Kyle did a lot with the little amount that he had. There's so many injuries, so many people on that. Like, I've said that three out of the last four years. But then again, the one year that they're healthy, they go to a Super Bowl. So, you know, the season ends. They play the Seahawks. They've got nothing to play for. This, You know, the game starts out. The defense is playing incredible. They're shutting the Seahawks down. I'm screaming fraud. This team is a bunch of frauds. The Seahawks have to win a playoff game? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm losing my mind. I'm like, it's the same thing that's happened all year. I'm like, hope. The Niners are going to win. It's like the game starts. I go, fuck a draft pick. Kill them. And then immediately afterwards, once I've accepted that I'm I'm okay with not getting a better draft pick, I'm like, you guys go out and win that game because you're football players and you deserve it. They then lose the fucking game. Russell Wilson does his Russell Wilson thing, drives the ball, last drive of the game, scores like he always does. 49ers have the 12th pick in the draft. So now we have to figure out what to do with – you know, both of our backup QBs who are trash are free agents effectively and gone. Uh, our center has been injured the last two years, basically. We paid a shit ton of money for Weston Richburg from the New York Giants. He's probably gone. Uh, we have D Ford, uh, who allegedly played football at one time in his NFL career. I've never personally seen it. I don't think it exists. <laughs> uh, but we paid him a shit ton of money and traded a uh, second round pick to the Chiefs for him. I'm not going to shed tears for your defensive lineman uh, failure. The Chiefs, I, I won't do the, it. The Chiefs should go to jail for what they did. <laughs> Someone should be arrested for what they, the, what they, the fraud that they did giving us D Ford. Uh, but but so he's gone. I think that's going to be Rich, the, the soundbite for this episode. Richard Sherman is most likely gone. I don't think anybody's going to figure out a way to to make a contract. And work he with he him. acknowledged your uh, your tweet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Richard have a very interesting uh, relationship. You know, I'm not like I, I don't actually know Richard Sherman, but like, you know, Richard jokingly like kind of was like blocking 49ers fans back in the day when he was on Seattle, and I was like, "Oh wait, all I have to do is reply. You're gonna block me, coward mm. move, bro." Like jokingly, and he blocked me. And then when he became a 49er, like all the 49ers fans were like, "Richard, you have to unblock Evan." And so, like, he went out of his way to unblock me. And, you know, so I, I thought that was pretty cool that he that he responded and said that. And I think it was, uh, you know, obviously one of the biggest tweets I've ever had just because it was him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it sucks. You know, Richard Sherman's probably not going to be here next year. So I think, uh, you know, it makes the draft interesting. And I think you're in a similar position with the Falcons, right, where it's like you have a high pick, you have a couple big needs, but also, outside of those needs, you kind of need a quarterback, don't you? You do. So, well, if so I, Garoppolo's healthy, think, a lot of this 
is different, right? Like a lot of your cool. sentiments about where you're going in the next year, if you're like, hey, he's going to be mobile, the knee stuff is over, it's behind him, and he's he's back to what he was two years ago because, I mean, that was still good enough to get you to the Super Bowl. Well, think about it this. Jimmy Garoppolo in his Super Bowl run played poorly with Dante Pettis, who was released and sent sent off to the the shadow realm. Richie James, who never sees the field no matter what. Um, and then you guys don't even know who he is. That tells you everything. Kendrick Bourne, who's like a career wide receiver three, wide receiver four. He's from Portland like I am. Love him to death. But, you know, that's what it, that's what it is. And then last year, you know, he had Devo Samuels, a rookie. Jimmy Garoppolo has basically not played, especially considering this year, with George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Dante Pettis, excuse me, not Dante, Devo Samuel, all at the same time. Debo is one of the most exciting receivers in the NFL. Brandon Ayuk is absolutely probably, I think personally, the second best receiver that's a rookie this year next to Justin Jefferson. Absolutely incredible season by both of them. So there's a lot of Jimmy haters, but I would love for that guy to have a good offensive line because the Super Bowl run, George Kittle, all he did was block because our line was so bad. In the Super Bowl, all he did was block. I would love for us to have a better offensive line and Jimmy throwing to those three guys. Sounds kind of fun, huh? Hmm. Your best guess under center next year for the 49ers on, on week one. Who is it? Best guess. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. A hundred percent. And not just because I want that. I just don't see a more logical option. If the 49ers could somehow find their way to get Justin Fields or Kyle Wilson, I absolutely think they'd do it. Kyle's not the kind of guy, and neither is John, to overpay. He never has. So it's going to be hard to trade up when you're a cheap you know, GM and you're a chief head coach. If he can do that, I think they will, but I don't think they'll do that. I think they do draft a, a quarterback probably round two, round three, and then run with Jimmy one more time interesting well let's let's bounce around this weekend's games no Monday night game as we talked about um a lot to get into um i think we have to start with titans texans watching this game live was bonkers and i'm glad i was able to watch it with a bunch of titans fans being here in tennessee was cool because that was just a, an emotional roller coaster for them um the texans poor deshaun watson man he was unreal in this game and this guy's just special he's top five quarterback with good pieces around him and he did everything he possibly could and the Texans deserve credit for getting down and just be like nope screw it less than a minute we got this and they gave him too much time and they go back down kick a big field goal to tie and then uh Ryan Tannehill's like hold my beer let me launch this crazy bomb this just rainbow bomb to AJ Brown to get them into field goal range with a gut-wrenching loss for the Texans and the Titans win the division finishing 11 and five um just an unreal game and derrick henry just i enjoy watching the titans so much and the nfl putting titans ravens on at one on sunday is just a what the fuck are you thinking how is this not the primetime game on sunday night but is it is it one o'clock your yes time? one o'clock my time oh that's rough yeah yeah i mean so once again derrick henry's unbelievable uh the texans are a four win team and they took an 11 win Titans AFC West 
Are they AFC West? Uh, who? The Titans? Yeah. No, AFC South. It's South, excuse me. And, it, you know, they took an 11 win AFC South champion team to 38 to 41. Like, Deshaun Watson is that good. I want to do the thing where I, like, read off to you all the names of the receivers that Deshaun Watson threw, threw to. But other than, like, Kiki Kuti and Brandon Cooks, I literally don't know who the fuck any of these people are. I have no fucking clue. I can't do that to you. Their main rusher was Duke Johnson. David Johnson. Uh, David, yes. They're I both mean, actually on the be. team, which is even more confusing. But yes. Um, but can I tell you also is, what happened in this game? Can I give you what happened yes, late? Yes, absolutely. There was a, like, the officiating was really, really bad. And there was a call, I kid you not, a defensive illegal formation against the Texans and the goal. Like, have you ever heard of that in your life? I didn't know this was a thing. No. Definitely Is that a not. thing? How do you, how does a de- how does a defense get an illegal formation call? I have no idea. It's. This game was bonkers. Like this game was, a weird was bonkers. Game. It was a weird game for sure. But, I mean, like, it was a very exciting game, and I feel like that's the one thing you could kind of guarantee that Deshaun Watson was going to give you. Um, what do you think about Ryan Tannehill? I feel like he's, like, I feel like he's, like, taken us all by the scruff of the neck and, like, like grabbed us and, like, pushed our face into, like, a, I'm good. Look at this. <laughs> Cannot deny it anymore. Because like, it's, like, like, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, this guy... 218 or 216 yards, eight yards uh, a reception. You know, he ran for 38 yards, had two touchdowns rushing. I mean, he's playing good football, and I'm still like, I don't know. He's in a perfect situation, and that is not a shot at Ryan Tannehill. Having A.J. Brown, having this group, having Johnny Smith, the safety net, having Derrick Henry the supernova running back, having this offensive line, having the defense he had last year, having an offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith who just understands what he can do do and just acting accordingly. Um, I think all of those things work out well. It kind of reminds me of the 49ers when all things are clicking with Jimmy G where you're like, clearly he's not a top 10 quarterback, but you can still win a lot of football games with him. He's really good at play action. He's really good at understanding the system and what is asked of him. He doesn't cost them any games. He's been the best play action quarterback in football the last two years like he's got a good deep ball he goes downfield when he has to he doesn't make a lot of bonehead plays like i mean he's solid like he's somewhere in that 10 11 range and um i don't know he's someone you can't just put on a bad roster and expect him to still go 10 and 6 11 and 5 but on a good team he's good enough to carry you i mean to the afc title game like i think it's the same kind of thing where um he's good enough at this point to get you where you need to be if the the help and the scheme and the system is where it needs to be around him. Kind of helps when uh, Derrick Henry rushes for 250 yards, doesn't it? Yeah, it does help. Mm -hmm. It's not the worst thing to have Derrick Henry, who broke 2,000 yards. Um, It's... uh, He broke 2,000 yards by rushing for 250 in a game. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it... um, 
it happened. But shout out to him. Derrick Henry is just crazy. Like I just love watching him get out of the backfield because he's super. He's not fast. Like he's slow. Him and Chris Johnson. If you watch them side by side, I did this this morning because I wanted to see the differences of like just how they're doing. And obviously they're very different running backs. But like just how they broke through and how they got to their two thousand yards and just the way they ran. But like Henry just. The first guy always misses, it seems like. Derrick Henry is a running back where the first guy is never going to be the guy that brings him down. And that is something that I just think is delightful. The first guy is always a fall guy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Bills, 56, Miami, 26. Miami misses the playoffs, losing this game. Bills pull Josh Allen in the second half. Doesn't matter. Mac Barkley does what he needs to do. Um, Josh Allen, I just, I, I continue to be amazed at how wrong I was. And I think so many other people were wrong about him. We, we, we were, wrong. were, like, yeah, there you go. Um, he's the first player in NFL history with at least 4,500 passing yards, 35 touchdown passes and five rushing touchdowns in a single season. Um, he has just been dominant. Dabble has just put together a perfect scheme. Trading for digs was huge. His relationship with Cole Beasley is 10 out of 10. Like he found Devin Singletary a bunch yesterday. Um, it's just that offense is just humming and that team is scary and they're legitimately good and legitimate contenders. I think um, this year they are right behind the chiefs is the one, two in the, the AFC for me um, shattered Jim Kelly's record um, for single season passing rating in this game of one Oh seven point two. Jim Kelly was one Oh one point two in 1990. And this is the most amazing Josh Allen stat considering what we saw coming out of college where he just had the arm and the accuracy was just, awful and we were like i don't know how this translates he set the franchise mark this season for completion percentage with a completion percentage of 69.2 percent nice just just an amazing season for him and uh i don't know I'm, I'm happy for bills fans everywhere and if you're a miami fan you're just like this is a great year like you don't feel like you went 10 and 6 right with the way this ended you're just like ah I mean, you still got the number three pick with the Texans trade, and that's just an all-time bad trade for the Houston. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, the, this is, like, one of the more, like, what in the hell happened here? Like, you're just, like, oh, everything's on the table at quarterback in this offense. They got to do something because um, it should not come down to Ryan Fitzpatrick. It seems like Chan Gailey is not going to return as OC. But, man, after a great season where things really started to click, because it wasn't that long ago the Dolphins were tanking and this was like the worst job in football. And they, Brian Flores might win coach of the year. Like he's done a great job this year, but this was just an all time bad effort. This is more embarrassing to me than the Cardinals effort for me. So can we talk about it? Can the Cardinals? It? No. Tua. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What did I tell you at the beginning of the season? <sighs> uh, what did I say? Tell the listeners. I told you there's no way to translate to the NFL this way. That I don't trust a guy coming off that injury. I don't think that that guy is going to be the guy he was at Alabama in the NFL. Didn't think he was going to be like Tim Tebow-esque. I didn't think he was going to be like Johnny Manziel, obviously without the character issues. But I'm looking at him and I'm going... I don't think so. We're 12 weeks removed. I mean, excuse me, 16 weeks removed, 17. And they're talking about the Miami Dolphins drafting a quarterback. 
it's not like they have the number one overall pick either, like the Arizona Cardinals did. They're picking number three. They could have two quarterbacks gone and still take a quarterback by the time they pick. That's insane. It is insane. I just, I do not envy their situation going into this offseason. Greer and Flores, where it's like, we could just draft Panay Sewell, your guy, three, put together this great offensive line, get more weapons for him, and bet on the guy and bet on him getting back to what he was pre-hip injury. But if you really believe in the upside of Justin Fields or Zach Wilson a little bit more, do you trade to a Arizona Cardinals style with Rosen and sell high before people figure it out? And I know you're a big Rosen guy, um, but I I don't know. My gut tells 49ers me. 49ers legend? My gut tells me two is out. Like that is, if I had to guess who's under center for the Miami Dolphins to start week one next year, it is not Tua Tungabaiola. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think so. This is a rough league, man. This is a rough league. I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's, I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy. I, I think that Tua would have been a really good Jalen Hurts situation. Taken in the sixth, the second round as a backup, chance to learn, grow. He didn't get that, though. So we'll see. Yikes. Um, Browns, 24. Steelers, 22. Steelers did. I mean, they were putting in Josh Dobbs and Rudolph in and out in this game. They weren't really trying to win, and the Browns still were like, no, 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 no. Please make this as physically exhausting and painful for our fans um, who last playoff appearance was with Kelly Holcomb and Butch Davis. Like, yeah, let's let's make this bet. Um, I have a, I, I, my favorite anecdote about this game, um, Baker Mayfield was referred to as a, I think a Mazda. Instead um, of a Maserati. Yes. And their last play call was Maserati in this game. Yeah, if it's real, it's dope. That If it's real, that is... That is incredible. Um, they're at 11 wins for the first time since 1994, which was Nick Saban and Belichick's time in Cleveland. Just unreal. Um, great for Browns fans. I'm really happy for you. Um, all that said, you're probably losing next week, and that will be that. You get one extra week of football. Yeah, it's not bad. Giants 23, Cowboys 19. Joe Judge sounding off this afternoon on Peterson. Um, we'll get to that momentarily, but they finished five and three after starting one and seven. Not a lot of talent on this roster. Um, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy, but this amazingly was a fr- like this was the mo- winningest season for the Giants since the Giants made the playoffs in Ben McAdoo's first year, which feels like forever ago. Like the Giants have sneakily been a terrible franchise for closing in on a decade now. That's terrible. They finished six and ten. It feels like a huge home run season for them. I mean, it kind of is, right? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, things. I'm still just situation. not like super optimistic about where they're headed. If I had to rank, I mean, the Eagles are a dumpster fire right now, but like, I'm still just not totally sold on the Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, Dave Gettleman group in New York. I'm not like completely. I don't on think that. the Giants are too far from a Titan situation. Mm. Saquon Barkley's coming back. He will be one of the best running backs in the NFL. 
They drafted a very good offensive lineman this year. They might draft a very good offensive lineman next year. What if they keep Daniel Jones and draft Penny Sewell? That Penny Sewell won't be there. At three? No, the Giants don't have three. Dolphins have three. Will they have four? No, Falcons have four. What do the Giants have? I don't think it's... Uh, are they even in the top ten? Because the Eagles have six. Um, <laughs> pull it up. Hold on. It's it's farther down than you think. It is. Oh, no, no, no. The reason why I kept thinking they had such a high pick was specifically because they had a similar record to the 49ers and they have a much higher pick. I think they have like eight or nine. I'm looking right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They are it was eight. the Jets I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, they're eight. Um, but yeah, so, okay. But like, think about what they have right now. They drafted a good, very good offensive lineman. They have Saquon Barkley. They're winning some games, kind of. I don't really think they have the wide receivers that they need to have. But, like, I think they can really have a smart football, smart decision-making team similar to the Titans. I really do. I don't know if that's next year. I don't know if they're winning 11 games next year, but they could definitely get there. So that is kind of something that I kind of think about in the terms of, like, what happens in the NFC East. It's a dumpster fire, as we all know. It's clearly a situation where no one wants to win, and we'll, you know, there's plenty to talk about there. But I think Daniel Jones is is not anything special, but he can definitely win some football games. Having Saquon Barkley come back, having the offensive line that they could build smartly after taking a very good offensive lineman this year in the draft, who's clearly doing well. Um, these are things that could make the Giants plan for the future, right? And obviously the Eagles don't really know what they're doing. Um, you know, are they going to keep Jalen Hurts? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Or, you know, what do they do with Carson Wentz? Um, you know, the Cowboys the are, are 100% just screwed for a while. I think the Eagles are screwed. No. I think the Eagles are in a very weird situation right now. I don't know. I like, I like Wentz, but it's it's hard to say. We'll see. Um, Packers thirty five, Bears sixteen. My only thing about this game, um, well, actually, I have two things. I am extremely worried about David Bakhtiari not being at left tackle for the Packers in the playoffs, especially when they have to match up with the Saints if it comes to that um, and their pass rush. I think they're going to get exposed. Um, it's a it's they're a problem. fucked without them. Yeah, they're fucked without. Well, him. the Bears got a lot of pressure on Rodgers in this game, and I watched. The left tackle number 77 he was getting beat a lot and i i'm nervous if you're a packers fan you're like this is a sneaky just like potentially devastating thing for them um also cordero patterson slipped on the one yard line to open the game for the bears it was the most bears thing i've ever seen in my life yeah did you see was. that it, i encourage you to go back and watch it. it's, it's amazing no i actually did see that um, I don't, I don't, I don't think Cordell Patterson is going to be a bear next year, but we'll see. <laughs> um, um, Rams 18 Cardinals seven. Here's your 30 seconds to laugh at the Cardinals. I don't care about the Cardinals enough to laugh at them. I really don't. I really don't. I had a spark of worry this year when I was like, Oh dear God, not another Russell Wilson. But it was like, you got to remember the 49ers had a disgustingly terrible team this year 
one of the worst quarterback situations in the NFL. And they almost went four and two in the NFC West. <laughs> like they have the worst record in the NFC West. And they almost had went four and two in the NFC West. Think about that. So it's like, I'm just not worried about the Seahawks. I'm not worried about the Rams. I'm not worried about the Cardinals. I'm certainly not worried about the Cardinals at all. Yeah, that's fair. Um, last thing before we move into our last few segments here, um, Washington 20, Philly 14 on Sunday Night Football. Jalen Hurts gets benched in controversial fashion. There was a really good piece by Connor Orr in Sports Illustrated that I would highly encourage everybody to check out. A um, lot of flames, flame emojis um, from Connor. And there was a really good piece on CBS Sports too, but I'm blanking on who wrote it about uh, what this game meant. And Peterson, I, I mean, it was bullshit. And if you're... I don't really hold the same sympathy for the Giants. It's like you went six and ten. Like, I calm down. I just you went six and ten. Like, yeah, it, them doing that sucks. But like, okay, you win one or two more games and you're not in this position. Like, you you were bad and you were a bad football team for most this year. Um, it's just this Nate Sudfeld stuff just felt gross watching it. It it felt wrong and tanking was eventually going to permeate into the NFL. It was always going to permeate last because of just how many positions and how short the season is and because of the parody and because of a multitude of different reasons the nfl was always gonna be the last one to do this but now they're here and this is where it's like i'm very fascinated to see what happens because coaches around the league are pissed players were pissed kelsey was pissed jalen hurts was pissed this is how you lose the locker room i now think especially if jim schwartz retires which seems like is going to probably happen how do you bring doug peterson back the he fumbled the Carson Wentz Jalen thing he fumbled this obviously the season's been a dumpster fire like I don't know how you bring Peterson back I think there's a scenario where Wentz wins this war Wentz and Kelsey and uh Ertz they win this war they're in uh they're hanging out with each other like one o'clock at FedEx Field last night um I think Peterson's I he might drown here like I really, really I do. This is bad. It's getting worse. The hours go on. So. I don't think so. Okay. I, I think I think it's a very good story and it's been a lot of excitement. I don't think Doug Peterson does that unless he knows what he's doing. Mm. Like I how he rose and sent him a text. I like you have to understand. I get Jason Kelsey. I get Jalen Hurts. Although Jalen Hurts, you're a fucking rookie, dude. Shut up. I get Jason Kelsey. That's what I'll say. But, like, at the end of the day, and maybe I'm, like, maybe I'm an individual here. Like, you're not that fucking important. Winning is not – you don't get to fucking make millions of dollars and be like, all I care about is the win. No, it's a business, dude. It's a business. It is a business the same way that an investment firm is business and they will fire you if you don't make them money. Like the goal is to win football games, not because it makes everyone feel good at the end of the day. It's because it makes people money. And the Eagles are sitting here having just won a Super Bowl in the last five years. They're not, things are not working out for Carson Wentz, who was their number one quarterback who they 
took high and then extended. And I don't know if it's Howie Roseman. I don't know if it was just Doug Peterson. But someone said, we just paid Carson Wentz a shit ton of money, and he's trash. And there's four great quarterbacks in this draft. If you fucking beat this team, you know what I'm saying? Like, the one thing I will say to your point, though, and I think Nina Kimes did a very good job explaining it. If you're going to tank, why don't you say, you know, the while reporters are talking to you pregame or the week before, we're going to play Nate Sudfeld. We don't want to risk injury for Jalen Hurts. It's a game that doesn't matter. We're going to split time up. We want Sudfeld to get some time. We want Hurts to get some time. Whatever. Like, why don't you just say that beforehand? I think the big thing that he really fucked up on is pulling Hurts mid-game and being like, no, yeah, playing all along. Yikes. Um, I don't know. I think this is going to continue to get messier. I think the NFL has a problem on their hands, and I think uh, they're going to fumble it. So we we shall see. Um, Your what-the-fuck moment of the week, Mr. Swords, what is it? I mean, we just talked about it. What the fuck moment of the week has to be the NFC East, the worst division in football, having six win teams fight over who was tanking and who wasn't tanking so that one of the shitty teams could get into the playoffs when the Dolphins with 10 wins aren't getting in. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta be it. I like it. I like it. Um, do you have this week's picks in front of you? God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. We've missed two weeks in a row. Well, Do you want to go playoffs, though? Oh, do no, do we're doing playoffs. This is playoff? we're the, yeah, we won't okay. count this. We won't count this, but okay. I, uh, I'm going to put two minutes on yeah. the clock here as we wind down here, Mr. Swords. Oh, that's easy. Two minutes on the clock with just playoffs? Okay. Yeah. You ready? I, I'll lead this one. Two minutes starting now. Colts at 1 o'clock in Buffalo. Evan, your pick. Oh, it's got to be the Bills. Bills are winning the Super Bowl. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I, I can't even touch that right now. That's the spiciest take uh, from Mr. Swords this week. I don't, I, don't, I don't want it necessarily so much as I just feel like we're going to have an Eagles Super Bowl run situation where Mahomes has played kind of bad this year. He's played kind of okay. Bad. He has sixty. He had like sixteen interceptable passes that got dropped. That's the luckiest quarterback in the NFL. AJ Terrell Mm. dropped one in the end zone that would have sealed the win against the Chiefs. Like he just dropped one. He just fell on his back and it popped out. Not that I'm I'm still mad about it or anything. The um, the Bills have a great defense, man. I don't think. Okay. Point is, Chiefs. I give. I give you that. Philip Rivers doesn't win a fucking playoff. He's not winning a fucking playoff game. And he's sure as shit not winning a fucking playoff game against Josh Allen and the the absolute freight train that the Bills have been lately. If any other fucking quarterback played for the Colts right now, if Jimmy Garoppolo, who I am not as big of a fan as I used to be, played for the Colts right now, I'll take the Colts especially with Jonathan Taylor finally getting some momentum. They're finally realizing that they need to give that man the ball. Sure. No. Fuck that. Bills are going to win. 
we're gonna we're gonna blow past two minutes. Keep going. What do you got? Give me the Bills. That game. The Colts suck, and Philip Rivers is just um, not not going to beat Josh Allen. They're not going to score enough. Jonathan Taylor. Why are you though? Get me all riled up? Why are you got to get me all riled up just to say the exact same thing I'm saying? <laughs> hey, I, I'm not responsible for your feelings, uh, Evan. But Jonathan Taylor making the leap, like he is going to be the next Derrick Henry. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Rams at Seahawks Saturday, four forty. Um, Evan, how do you see this going? Golf should be back, I will say. I'm taking the Rams. Oh, my God. And and let me just say this. Let me just say this. I don't care who the quarterback is. Even if it was a Josh Howley, is that the guy's name? No, Josh Wofford or something, I think. Walford, yeah. Yeah. I'm still taking the Rams. I think Josh Howley's a senator. (laughs) He is. He actually is. You're not wrong. (laughs) Uh, um, But, yeah, I'm taking the Rams. The Seahawks played so bad against the 49ers and they haven't played that great i'm taking the rams give me the seahawks not even the hesitation russell wilson not losing to to hurt jared goff i don't think so um but aaron donald shout out to him three of the last four seasons he has now led the nfl in total pressures so still a beast um the only year that he did not who was it 49ers yeah nick bosa yeah last year um buccaneers saturday prime time at washington um against the um <laughs> as my roommate is just getting really close to my window as i was recording that um bucks at washington at eight fifteen. um how how do i root against alex smith here i mean you can't how? but i mean he's not uh he's not winning this football game evan did the, you see what chase young said no what did he say Chase Young walking off the field after the win was like, I want Tom Brady. <laughs> Famous like, last words. You say, that's what you say when you lose 45 points to Tom Brady. Yeah. So my heart says Washington that I will also be taking the Bucks. Ravens, Sunday at 1 o'clock in Tennessee. I'm so pumped for this game. This is my favorite game of Wild Card Weekend. Uh, Evan, I think we're going to disagree here. What do you think? I'm taking the Titans. Yep, we're going to disagree. I am, but I, you know, I have to understand. I am in Salt Lake City, where my best friend, my of my whole life, lives. He is a Tennessee Titans fan. Mm-hmm. We are going to Shout watch to this him. game, and I am taking the Tennessee Titans. I think Derrick Henry doesn't run as much as he has as of late, but he still gets 100 yards, and Tannehill wins this game. I think Lamar, like, I just am not betting Lamar on this many playoff losses in a row to start his career. Can't do it. Can't have, I can't keep betting against him. He needs a playoff. This is, this, if you're going to bet against Lamar, this is the year to do it. I don't know. They're, they're fit. It wasn't last year. They're getting better. I think the Ravens are stringing at the right time. Give me the Ravens. Um, Sunday, 440, Bears at Saints. No word. Like, we do not need to spend any amount of time at Mitch Trubisky going into New Orleans and beating the New Orleans Saints in a playoff game. It's not happening. The Saints are winning. They're covering. Like, is there any doubt in your mind? I can't tell you how little impressed I am with the Saints. The Saints are going to get rolled in the playoffs. But I thought you were about to say they're getting rolled by the Bears here, and I was about to just no, hang up this call. But, but they play Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, a fraud-ass team. I think the Saints win here, but they will not be going any further than that. Yikes. And Drew Brees can retire his <laughs> old MAGA ass into a nice little retirement 
wherever it is he wants to live with his nice little family and his one Super Bowl ring. Oh, my God. Strong Drew Brees take there. Um, last one to wrap up here. Sunday night at 8.15, the Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. A mat- rematch here of sorts, but no Ben in the last one. Um, what do you think? What do you What do you think? What do you where do, where do you think my opinion lies on this game? I think you think the Browns win. Why? I think you you like the Browns. So you're already an OBJ guy. You, I don't. I, I like the Browns, but what have I said many times on this podcast? Mm, what are you hinting at here? I'm not sure. The Steelers are oh, motherfucking yeah. <laughs> frauds. I have said it all year. They have lost to the Bengals. They have lost to the Jets. I don't even know if both of those true, but I, are true, but I know one is. They are a fraud-ass team, and they are trash, and they are going to lose to the Browns. I don't even think they're that good. But the Steelers, my friend, are motherfucking frauds. Yikes. Give me the Steelers. I think they win comfortably here. I think this actually gets bad for, for the Browns. Um, that is all I've got. Uh, Mr. Swords, uh, is there anything you would like to plug before we wrap up here tonight? The Chase Thomas podcast. Mm, I like it. Hopefully I get to Fucking... announce uh, the move and everything soon. But um, yeah, that uh, go I do it. I don't, even, I don't even know why you're telling me that. Are you, do, are you telling your listeners that? Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck you're doing. I know. So, <laughs> so hopefully, yeah. Well, either way, though, go rate that uh, that this podcast five stars once mm-hmm, again mm-hmm. i will come to your house i mm-hmm. will cut you right uh yeah go, go team. Hey, Evan NFL playoffs, his, baby. give me back my account is that how we're finding yeah, you on twitter give me back my account gimme has one m mm. and account is acct go do it um follow myself at chase double underscore thomas and remember go check out chase thomas, chase thomas podcast.com for that you guy. sounded like you just read like the terms and conditions of like a drug that you take for like psoriasis or something <laughs> like uh, it will give you cancer and full blown AIDS. Uh, it's called uh, being a professional, Mister Swords. Um, it was no, it was good. It was impressive. Uh, I'm just saying that's what thank, it sounded like. Thank you, thank you. Um, for that guy out there in jazz country, the jazz mountains, if you will, folks, Evan Sowards, <laughs> for myself. <laughs> over here in knoxville tennessee that is all i've got evan always a pleasure my friend and i will talk to you soon good night my friend nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.